0: This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And welcome on this Saturday morning to the Hockey Show. Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN as we hit the final turn of the NHL regular season. And in fact... This is pretty much the team that you're gonna to go to battle with if you're the Rangers, and I guess the Islanders and Devils as well, but let's let's be honest and fair on this uh Saturday morning. This uh this Rangers team is gonna to go to the postseason, and we don't know what they'll do, but they're gonna go. Islanders odds are distinctively that they will not, and uh the devils certainly will not. So this is the way the teams are gonna look like for for better or for worse down the final, I don't know, home stretch quarter of the season. And into the postseason as well. And of course, it is the Hockey Show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge and Point Pleasant and Slomans as well. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So Rangers were very busy and there was a lot of concern. See, Rangers are in almost a, a tricky situation as we get rolling on this Saturday morning here on 9870 ESPN. And that is, they're very good. But it feels like they're in this position prematurely and that most experts, and I think even people closely around the team, didn't think the Rangers would be having this kind of season and really be in contention to to go for it and to make trades at the deadline, which you you look at and say, wait, they traded some of their young talent. But that's kind of the position they were in And they kind of split the baby a little bit here where they got better. Like the Rangers are a better team as we sit here today than they were a week ago. But they didn't mortgage a lot. They didn't mortgage a lot of the future. And I think if you're a Rangers fan, and we'll get into some of the names and hear from some of the particulars in just a moment, but I think if you're a Rangers fan, you're pleased because you're better, but you didn't mortgage a ton, right? Like there was there was conjecture that Lafreniere is going to get dealt. That was, it was ridiculous. Larry Brooks came out with the article and said there's no absolutely no way they're going to deal Lafreniere, who they love. Kako, are they going to deal him? Kravtsov, are they going to deal him? Right? Some of these big-name players, will they go after a JT Miller? Will they go after a Phil Kessel so they didn't go after that level of name but still added to the team so let's run through it systematically here on the hockey show and then we'll hear from Gerard Gallant and all the players the Rangers acquired run through what their week looked like as well let me set the stage let me set the tone for you as well um a legend and I mean an absolute legend Bobby Nystrom I mean Islanders legend will join us in I don't know about 15 minutes from right now And then we'll get to the Islanders with him and obviously the passing of Clark Gillies and everything that surrounds that. Uh, We'll get into the Devils as well, who had a a really interesting week and certainly a very high scoring week for and against them. Uh, I'll hear from Lindy Ruff, certainly, and a a giveaway, by the way, uh, a Jack, Jack Hughes bobblehead later on in the show. And then we'll we'll do a look back at this date in hockey history and look to what the Rangers, Islanders and Devils all have coming up. Uh, the course of this coming seven-day stretch. So where are we now? The Rangers very, very busy at the deadline. Now, let's reflect. uh, Prior to last week's show, they had already acquired Frank Vitrano from the Panthers, and they made three more pretty key moves on Monday. Of course, that was deadline day, Monday, March 21st, to improve the depth overall of this team. So they added Justin Braun from the Flyers for a 2023 third-round pick. They sent a 2023 fourth round pick to the Sharks for forward Tyler Mott. And then the big move is forward Andrew Kopp comes aboard uh, and a 2023 sixth-round pick from the Jets in exchange for Morgan Barron and two conditional second-round picks and a fifth-round pick in 2023. So make sure you have all that ready to go. We will test you later on this Saturday morning on the Hockey Show here on 98.7 ESPN. So let me run it through quickly again, then we'll hear from everyone involved. Vitrano was last week. This week was Braun from the Flyers, Mott from the Sharks, uh, and cop as well from the Jets and Morgan Barron is the one piece that the Rangers move on from so all that being said now you've digested it a little bit here is Gerard Gallant on the moves that GM Chris Drury made
2: yeah no it was real positive yesterday like I said if if nothing happened yesterday I think our team would have been disappointed and when I got the text and the call from Drew saying this is what we're going to do you know I was pretty excited makes you happy as a coach and and you know the feeling around your group I mean we've had a pretty good year to start. I mean, we're in second place in the real tough division and a tough battle every night. And, and when your team's winning, then you see other teams doing stuff and you're saying, you know, and we, we knew something was going to be done. And I mean, we talked about it for a month now, but uh, it was good to get some, you know, positive energy to our team.
1: So obviously a lot of positive energy and that's on the heels of what really was a sensational, sensational weekend for the Rangers. And we'll, we'll run through that. Uh, in just a couple of moments as well. But again, again, Andrew Kopp, they acquire him. Very pleased about that. Uh, Spent uh, his entire career up until this point with Winnipeg. And, And you look at what he's done this season in 57 games, 37 points, 13 goals, and 24 assists. So the Rangers acquire a guy who certainly can uh, put the puck in the net and help facilitate that happening, which in five-on-five situation is kind of exactly what this team needs. Uh, let's take a listen. Here, here is Andrew Kopp, the new acquisition. He said it was pretty obvious that a, a trade was on the horizon.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I mean anytime um, you know some of the teams that were uh, rumored you know to be interested were you know top of the NHL teams, so that that makes you excited and obviously. Uh, the familiar face of Jacob and you know a couple of other guys on some other teams that could have made the transition a lot easier, but uh, Yeah, it was there's it was kind of ups and downs in Winnipeg with the way our season was going we kind of you know went to lose two, and uh, the ebbs and flows kind of made you uh, It's hard to say even keeled I guess it's like one day we're out of the playoffs it's like one day Okay, we're gonna be buyers at the deadline. So uh, I think kind of towards the end I knew I was gonna get moved. It was just kind of a matter of where
1: and you talk about getting moved from point A to point B. He goes from Winnipeg to New York City. So that is uh, that is quite the change in scenery from the Rangers' newest, and, and it's fair to say, biggest acquisition. And more from Andrew Kopp. Here he is uh, on being dealt at the trade deadline.
3: Yeah, it was weird. Um, a little overwhelming, definitely for a bit, obviously. Um, you know, going back with modern playing at Michigan, U.S. program, uh, you know, Having him and troops, uh, guys that I basically consider brothers that are, uh, that are here to make that transition a lot easier, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, but like Martin said, uh, kind of been in a place for seven years. It was, uh, it was tough saying advice to some people yesterday, so um, but like I said earlier, I think getting into it right away is kind of the best way to go.
1: And that's funny, by the way, that was uh, if you're scoring at home, Sam Rosen's phone that went off during that little scrum. And I love it. You know, And every they have all the nicknames uh, around the league for these guys and their bodies. And again, trooper, Mott and Kopp all played together, um, you know, growing up. So they know each other well. And I'm, I'm sure that'll make it easier transition for some of these guys as far as the trade deadline is concerned. Tyler Mott, uh, you just heard from Andrew Kopp discussing the new acquisition for the Rangers again. Um, Mott was acquired from San Jose, and here he is. Thoughts on, on being dealt over to the Rangers?
3: Oh, excited, first off. Um, you know, it's a weird moment, obviously, leaving the, the city you've been in for a few years. It felt a little bit like home, but you get excited for an opportunity. You get excited to play meaningful games.
1: That's exactly where you're going to have down the stretch here, right? The Ra- I mean, the Rangers unequivocally will have meaningful game so uh, away we go Rangers have their new acquisitions and we'll get to what what happened this past week for them in just a moment uh and then the defenseman and they could use an extra defenseman and there's been thoughts and maybe Schneider's not going to play a a ton down the stretch and possibly they've been unhappy with him but it's nice to have an extra defenseman certainly and that is Justin Braun they got um from the Flyers here he is on being traded at the deadline yeah
4: I was excited you know uh, I didn't really know where I was gonna end up and uh you know, when you're in New York Rangers and coming here in a you know, big city, and you know, playing meaningful games again. It's uh, exciting. I can't wait for it.
1: And that's kind of the theme from all these guys, right? You heard it from Cop, You heard it from Mott. You heard it from Braun. Uh, I go from the situation that I had been in into, let's be fair, meaningful games. All right? I'm not playing a ton of meaningful games in Winnipeg right now. I'm not playing a ton of meaningful games uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers right now. But I come to this Rangers team and there's a buzz, right? And you look at this club. They have a great goaltender. There's no two ways about it. They have an elite defenseman. They have someone, you know, every step of the way. Do you have an elite goalie? Yeah. Are you great on the power play? Yeah. Do you have a guy that can put the puck in the net? Or you have a guy that has 40 plus goals. You have a great defenseman, an offensive defenseman? Absolutely. Who's good on defense as well. Do you have a playmaker? Yes. Do you have youth? Yes. I mean, right now, like I said, it feels like it's a little bit premature. Like the Rangers are ahead of the curve quite a bit right now. So, the deals were justified, and we discussed this earlier. We'll get back to it now. Why? Because the Rangers had such a great weekend. I, I, I don't even think it's up for a debate. The Rangers had their best weekend of the year. They beat the Lightning 2-1, and not only did they beat the Lightning 2-1, but they did it in a in a prime-time ABC special right for the entire nation to see uh, Shuster can play at this, you know, mind boggling level. And then the Rangers power play, which was really non-existent for the entirety of the game to, to raise the level and, and get the game winner on the power play with 16 seconds left and just phenomenal. And then the next night they go to Raleigh. So you play two of the I mean, I mean elite teams in the game the next night they go to Raleigh and Georgie's in net so let's be fair I think everybody and their sister is saying we, we stole the game down in Tampa played a good game get the two points we're not going to get anything in Carolina but no with Georgie in net 44 saves Rangers win that two nothing and he was just absolutely phenomenal so All these good feelings, right? Rangers win in Tampa. Rangers win in Carolina. Rangers make all these trades, right? Mott is here. Cop is here. Braun is here. Devils are the opposition on Tuesday. Two-nothing lead against the Devils after one. And in typical sports fashion, Uh you can plan. Yeah, uh uh-oh is right. You can plan for nothing. Rangers give up five in the second period and lose seven to four. Let's take a listen. Here is head coach Gerard Gallant.
2: First period was good, yeah, and then uh, we sort of did the, the unwritten rule of starting to turn pucks over and make fancy plays in, in, inside their blue line, and it cost us two or three goals, and, you know, we, we uh, couldn't stop, the, they got it rolling, and we couldn't stop it, and like I said, a, a lot of it was self-inflicted, but they're a talented team, they got some great young players that we talked about, and they can make those plays when they give them the opportunity, and, you know, we didn't do a good enough job clearing the front of our net, two couple screen goals, guy pushes the puck in, that's between the goalie's legs, so we looked real good in the first, and then we looked like we were mentally tired and just didn't, uh, you know, didn't have it the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, the goaltender was not very good. The Rangers kind of left Shisterkin out to dry, and he wasn't very good. And thank God that there was a goal that was overturned. Otherwise, it would have been even worse, right? 7-4 the final easily could have been 8-4. So that's kind of an overview of where the Rangers are. We'll take a look at the Islanders and, and go back 20, I mean, you want to feel old, 27 years ago. Next week. Bobby Nystrom will have had his number raised to the, to the roof, to the rafters at the Coliseum. Boy, you feel old, don't you? And then we'll get to the Devils. We'll go, uh, of course, into the, uh, the look ahead for what these three teams have this coming week as well. Very busy Saturday morning. Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN.
5: Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics. Sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Nothing drives a hockey coach crazy more than a defensive zone giveaway. While he is emerging as a future star, Islanders Noah Dobson has given away more than 40 pucks in his own zone so far this year. Ryan Graves of the Devils and Jacob Trouba of the Rangers lead their respective teams in that category and need to tighten up their puck protection.
0: Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All American Auto Group, the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And on this Saturday morning, we roll along with the Hockey Show. Dave Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. We bring in, we've had some big guests on the show. We've had his teammate, uh, John Tanelli joined us. Ken Danico was on. Uh, we have a lot of good guests, but I don't know that anybody better or bigger, Butch Goring as well, than legendary Islander star Bobby Nystrom joins us here on the Hockey Show. Bobby, thanks so much for a couple minutes this morning. How are you?
6: You know what? It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm doing real well. No complaints at all, especially on a nice day like this.
1: Yeah, uh, as spring is about to hit the, uh, the tri-state area. certainly is very, very nice. So uh, I, I would have a great conversation. I know we're going to touch on the Islanders and the Rangers and the rivalry and the retirement and, and, and all that stuff of your number being retired, which, I mean, amazingly, is 1995, which I can't believe is so long ago. <laughs> but I, I wanted I know, to that's ask the truth. you. It, right? And life moves so quickly. I wanted to ask you. I just kind of get your reflection and your words on a former teammate of yours that passed away. And I know he's more than a teammate; he was such a, a close friend. And that, of course, Clark Gillies. Um, you know, what did he mean to you? Did, did were you still in touch with him? Kind of just bring us back of of how big of a a personality he was and what your relationship with Clark was.
6: Oh man, I I, uh, I mean, we were the best of friends. I I, I I roomed with him for about eight years on the road and. I mean, we, we just uh, developed a, uh, you know, real good uh, friendship and, you know, I, I was just so saddened by the whole thing because, uh, you know, it just seemed like it took, it was so fast, you know, I, I talked to him just briefly before he passed away and he said he was headed home. He was feeling good. He actually went to the hockey game and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, he was just incoherent and. You know, it was just so sad because you know, as much as he played hockey and he played for the Islanders, uh, I mean, his whole heart was with the you know the people of Long Island. I mean, there there wasn't one charity that that has called on him that he didn't go to that uh, that event. You know, I I, I kind of wondered whether or not he even slept at night because he was out every night. But there, there was no more dynamic guy. He could auction. He, he, he could, I mean, tell jokes. He could sing. He a pretty good golfer. I mean, he, he did everything. And, uh, you know, I think the people of Long Island really lost a, a true gem there.
1: They, they sure did. And you've heard I've heard such stories. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but such stories of what a, a generous guy he was with his time and, and financially and, and, and charita- charitable as well. Um, what kind of teammate was he? Like when when the the locker room door closed and you sat there and and you know was he a leader? Was he a guy that would get up and give, <laughs> give a speech in front of everyone? You know, bring us behind those locker rooms.
6: No, no, no. You know, I mean, hey, listen, he he was a guy that 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 protected his teammates. I mean, if they needed protection, then he was there. You know, if they needed uh, you know a little pat on the back, and he he was there. But I'll tell you where, where he really helped us a lot. You know, he had such a sense of humor that you know, like occasionally when things were going bad, you know, he would come in and tell a joke or, or tell a story, and 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 he he brought fun to the guys, and it kind of loosened them up, and you know that that was his main thing. Uh, he he just kept the guys you know loose. Um, but you know when we needed a kick in the butt too, he, he 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 wasn't opposed to doing that either.
1: And he was a tough guy. I mean, a tough, tough oh, guy. Man. He he would he oh, would man, pummel anybody. <laughs> you did. What what happened? Had that had that uh, play out?
6: Yeah, it was a pretty good scrap. But you know, like the the wives were supposed to go out that day, and uh, Pam called my wife Michelle and, and asked if they were still going out, and and she said, yeah, of course, they're at the bar. <laughs> Clark and I were sitting at a bar after the uh, practice. But, you know, like he, uh, well, I, I've got a long story, but I'm not going to tell you that one. But he, he was one of the tougher boys in the league, that's for sure. And uh, when Boss or Trotch was manhandled by somebody, uh, Clark was definitely going to take care of them.
1: Uh, he certainly was. So I, I want to ask you about this. It's April 1st, 1995, and this is um, uh, a long time ago now and your number gets retired which is i mean i can't but we're we're talking that's 27 years ago how like as your number goes up to the to the rooftop of of nassau coliseum what is the thought that goes through your mind and also can you believe that we're i mean that's 27 years ago
6: (laughs) i know Uh, it's a long time ago but uh i remember it like it was yesterday um you know the the thing that that was really thrilling about it is that uh, first of all, you know, they gave me that honor, but you know, I think that they recognize the fact that uh, you know I, I I was a Long Islander, true and true, and you know, I I think that the 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 biggest thing that I took out of that uh, was I looked at my dad, and and I swear to God, his his buttons were popping off his shirt from you know the pride that he had for. And I mean, they 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 supported me so much. And when I saw him just smiling there, and, and there was a tear in his eye, uh, and same thing with mom. I mean, that, it was
1: just a a great day. Uh, I'm sure it was. I'm, I'm sure it absolutely was. What what I mean, it, it always felt like the Islanders fan had this unbelievable close, you know, closeness and relationship with the players. Uh, and you said to me. Um, prior that when when you st- even go to a game now, like you can almost not watch the game because people are just, they just want to talk to you and kind of reflect <laughs> and go over everything. I mean, it's it, does that, does that still, is that still uh, the way that it is? Like, like there's this t- tight knit relationship between the players and, and this fan base.
6: Oh, it was without a question. Uh, you knew, there wasn't any mystique about us. And now, and, and you know, was, uh, a real strong proponent is as, as far as getting us out in the community. He said, "These folks are—they are, pay your salary, so you better get out and mingle with them." But uh, Long Island just accepted us. Um, you know, no matter where we went, uh, you know, someone came over and you know asked for an autograph, or they bought us a drink, or you know, lunch, or I mean, it's just been just an incredible relationship. I used to sit on the bench, you know, just before the game started. And I'd see all these people walk in, and I'd, and I'd know who they were. You know, there's Jerry, there's Phyllis, there's this. Uh, we, we just had a real tight-knit, um, you know. Well, it, we had a real good relationship with the fans. And everyone mocked us when we had the, the parade down Hempstead Turnpike. I said that was the best thing that could have happened because the people just lined up. They were throwing beer cans, you know, into our, you know, Trucks and buses and and the cars. I mean, it was just a great experience.
1: Uh, I can only I can only imagine what what it was like. Bobby Nyström here with us on the hockey show, 98.7 ESPN. How many of uh, of your former teammates from those? I mean, that that's a dynasty, right? We talk about the Oilers, we talk about the Canadians. Certainly, the Maple Leafs are in there, but maybe the Red Wings even somewhat recently in Tampa, what they're doing now. But that's a dynasty, and it's one of the great dynasties we've seen in sports history, Bobby. Are, are you in touch? I, I would have to think there's like a closeness there that, that must be a, a bomb that never goes away, but how many of the guys are you in touch with from the, those teams?
6: Oh, I'm in, well, you know, recently because of what, what was going on here with John Potvin and also Clark and Boss, uh, I, I've been in touch with uh, so many of the guys. Uh, you know, there's guys over in Europe and Sweden and there's And all all across, you know, Canada, but I I, I try to stay in touch, and worst-case scenario is I'll I'll send them, you know, a happy birthday or something like that. But, uh, you know, the the Islander owners now are, are just, have been so incredibly good because we have a whole alumni reunion that everyone is invited to, and we get one heck of a good
1: turnout uh, I'm sure it is. So walk me through because I always hear this, and I host the show with Rick DiPietro, and every time I mention the the Rangers, it's like I hate the Rangers, I hate the Rangers. I, I'm
0: a Rangers <laughs> fan.
1: Is is like when you hear the Rangers, are you instantaneously just just turned off because you really truly have this? You detest that organization and that fan base and that team.
6: No, you know, you know, it, it's interesting because. You know there, there there were guys in the league that I just hated, right? And, and, and on the ice, I, I used to fight, you know, Bridgman in Philadelphia every game. And I found out afterwards when I went to a, a, a charity softball game, the guy was just a fantastic guy. So no, you know what? Um, I have to say though, when I was playing. Then you know, even if we were in last place, as long as we beat the Rangers, then the fans were happy. So, needless to say, there was a huge rivalry there, and we definitely wanted to beat them any time you know that we played them. But no, not now. I mean, you know, people come up to me and they say, you know, go Rangers, and I, I, I certainly don't drop them.
4: <laughs>
1: you know, well, that's just, good. Uh,
6: that's the that's the alliance that 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 you know fans have
1: with their their, their favorite team. Well, I'm, I'm glad and, and it certainly is and there is just this disdain between the fan bases and, and the players but uh, you know what the amazing thing is you always hear this Bobby about how throw the records out the window when two specific teams are playing each other and as a fan and a sports talk show host I'm like yeah 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 throw the records out the window but it always really felt like that like Islanders Rangers you really can't throw the records out the window because these two teams these two fan bases detest each other want to beat each other and, and I'm not saying that you know the Rangers aren't having a better season now but the Islanders want Last week, and and I'm sure the Islanders fan feels great about that, despite the fact they're having a, a season that probably frustrates them.
6: Yeah, well, you know what? That's so true. I mean, you know, as a a retired player, I you know, needless to say, I'm an Islander fan, and, and certainly, you know, when they're playing the Rangers, I'm I'm pulling for the Islanders. But you know, other than that, uh, I I think that you know, once people are are finished playing. Uh, you know, they, to, they observe, you know, the game, and we watch the game. But, you know, they're they're going to cheer for their team in every every situation.
1: As they should. How frustrating, and and I know that you're certainly still involved with the Islanders and watch them somewhat closely. Bobby Nystrom here with us on the Hockey Show 98.7 ESPN. How frustrating, because they went game seven of the conference finals last year, lost to a team that's really a juggernaut. And this has been, I know, a disappointing season, but how surprised are you, I guess would be the question, the Islanders have have had such a struggle uh, this year? Or, or or are you not? Because it was a long season, they had to start a million games on the road, COVID was an impact also, and yeah. are, are you ultimately that surprised that this season has been such a struggle?
6: Yeah, you know what, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, to, to be on the road at the start of the season. Yeah, and even though they came back at 50, you know, 50%. Uh, it, it, it was a tough year. I mean, the COVID really took you know had a big effect on on the Islanders. But and I'm not going to make excuses. You know, um, sometimes teams you know they got to the uh, almost to the finals last year, and and sometimes they think that they can just coast and they're going to make it. And I think that that's what happened this year is that they they figured because of last year that they were going to be automatically in the playoffs. And it just doesn't happen in the NHL. You got to work your butt off to to get there.
1: Yeah, it's re- really, really difficult. So let me ask you this: I mean, you're—I'm not going to get into numbers, but it's been a while since you've stepped onto the ice. How's the game changed? How, how's the game changed from oh. say the the early <laughs> '80s, which amazingly enough is—I mean, we're talking about 40 years ago to where we are right now. Um, I'm going to give you
6: the, the, the reason that they're bigger, faster, stronger, more skilled. That's all there is to it. You know, my son played, and I watched hockey really, really develop. And these players nowadays are are absolutely incredible. Um, You know, we can hook and hold, and we can, you know. But uh, these players, I mean, just the speed of them going up and down the ice, it's absolutely incredible. So it's like every sport. Every sport, you know, the players have gotten better. They're bigger, stronger, uh, more talented. And, you know, that's what makes hockey so great is the, the the speed of the game has increased so dramatically.
1: Do you feel like the popularity of hockey is increasing? It, it, it feels like, you know, when I'm growing up on the island, it was popular, but it wasn't to this level. And now, it, I don't know, it just it feels to me like the the popularity level has really kind of uh, exploded over the last couple of seasons.
6: Oh, I think so. You, you know, I think that, you know, the NHL has a really, really good reputation. Um, I would have to say that, you know, when hockey players, you know, are young and they're peewees and mites and uh, there's a learning process there, you know. They they learn manners, respect, teamwork. Um, it, it, it's a hell of a game. And, and I, th- I think, you know, for those that play and, and even reach the highest level, uh, it's a, it's an education, and I, I think that the, um, hockey players in general are so, resp- you know, respectful. Um, no, I, 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 think the, um, these guys are just great individuals.
1: It really is. It's a great sport. and It's a growing sport. And uh, we're happy to have the hockey show here on 98.7 ESPN. Bobby, Bobby Nystrom joining us here. Uh, Really appreciate you taking a couple minutes out this morning and, you know, reflecting on your friends and and hockey and just uh, everything that goes along with it. So thank you so very much. Have a great day and hopefully we'll get a chance to. uh, Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. All right. Thank you so much. That, of course, Bobby Nystrom here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll take a quick break, come back, and get into the devils in the week that was for New Jersey. That's next right here on The Hockey Show on uh, 98.7 ESPN.
5: Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on the Ronald McDonald House charities of New York. On Sunday, March 27th, the Islanders will host the world champion Tampa Bay Lightning At that game, the Islanders will team up with the Ronald McDonald House Charities to raise money to help sick children fight their illness and financially support the families facing these unthinkable challenges. If you are at the game, participate in the 50-50 drawing. Or you can always go to rmhcnym.org to make a donation for families who have a unique health and wellness need for their kids. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcoenlaw.com.
0: Back to the hockey show with Dave Rothenberg presented by the all American auto group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: All right. A good Saturday morning. Of course, um, Joe is coming your way in about 30 minutes from right now in that range. And then I'll be back at at nine o'clock this morning. leading you uh, up until noon. So we covered the Rangers and everything that they did this week, both on the ice and, uh, and off the ice making their big trades. The Islanders kind of a, a look back with uh, Bobby Nystrom. And now let's look at the Devils. Very interesting week from the Devils. They lost uh, last Saturday by the score of 6-3 to three to the Oilers. And then, of course, and as a Rangers fan, this was stunning and, and certainly painful. They scored seven goals against the Rangers. And I'm sure the Devils fan right now is like, well, t- tell us more, tell us more. I'll run through how this game played out for you. Uh, Mika Zibanejad scored uh, about seven minutes in uh, his 26th this season from Kreider and Lafreniere. Rangers 1-0 lead. Adam Fox at 1355 from Zibanejad and, and Kopp, welcome to the Rangers, Andrew Kopp, made it 2-0, and that was the way it stood into the first intermission. We go back into the second period. and Rangers Oh, my God. Like, yeah, now nah, just wait a minute here because now it gets completely out of control. Second period, Ryan Graves, his sixth of the season, makes it 2-1. A minute 18 later, P.K. Subban with the goal, his fifth makes it 2-2. Uh-oh. At twelve forty, four minutes and 10 seconds later, Dawson Mercer, his 16th, it's now 3-2. Not even a minute later. In fact, 33 seconds later, Tomas Tatar with the goal makes it 4-2. Mind you, we're still in the second period. And Sharon Govich, and I've been working on that, and I think that was a beautiful job by me. Just Yarkin? No. Sharon Govich with his 16th of the season, 5-2 into the second intermission. Rangers made it 5-3 with a goal from Strom. Jack Hughes on the power play makes it 6-3. Jack Hughes, again, his 21st of the season, makes it 7-3. Rangers with a late one from Crowder on the power play, where else would it come from, makes it 7-4. And that's where it stands, 7-4, your final score, Devils over the Rangers. So we discussed it. Devils trailed 2-0 at the end of one, scored five in the second. Lindy Ruff, head coach of the Devils, what happened in the second period?
4: I mean, we looked at a couple of plays after the first period, actually uh, showed video, talked about, you know, we, there's a couple areas we need to be better. And, you know, the, the strength of our team is our speed. We were playing too slow. Uh, we weren't getting open quick enough. Uh, you know, I thought if we filled lanes a little quicker, we'd have some opportunities. And I think, you know, our first two opportunities coming down the ice, we didn't shoot. And uh, one was a three on one and another two on one. We were, you know, we didn't execute. But after that, we really uh, started moving the puck well.
1: Well, I would say so. Putting five goals uh, unanswered on the board in that second period. So what does that say, coach, about your team with that tremendous comeback?
4: You know, I think a sign of a good team is the fact they can bounce back from... You can't win every period, and there's going to be periods where the team is a is better team. Can you make an adjustment? Can you play a better period by... Sometimes it's, it's flipping a few players around from different lines. Sometimes it's trying to forecheck a little bit harder. We went to a little bit more aggressive forecheck. We have stressed our transition game, and I thought it led to a lot of opportunities.
1: Uh, Tremendous opportunities, and let's be fair, a lot of goals from the Devils as well. Up and down the ice they went against the Rangers on on Tuesday night. Why do you play fast like that all the time, Coach? For me, it's
4: puck movement. Like, if you look at our first goal against, our puck movement was slow. Uh, We didn't execute. We ended up in our zone. Uh, We get scored against. Quicker puck movement. uh, Players available just a little bit quicker, and we're going up ice. But you hang on, it might be one more second. When you hang on for one more second, they got on top of us. They created a turnover over they didn't create many turnovers in the second because the puck left our stick you know before they got within that six eight foot range so I really felt that was the biggest difference
1: uh, it was unbelievable I mean you don't you don't see that all, often it was just goal after goal after goal after goal and, and five goals in a period after trailing two nothing is is almost unheard of uh, more from Lindy Ruff head coach of the Devils the importance of P.K. Subban uh, staying on the team after the deadline from last Monday
4: P.K. has to be part of the group that plays at a high level. P.K. and I had a, had a conversation before the game about the level we need to play at, the level he needs to play at to, to help this team. You know, I feel that when he plays at le- that level, he helps our team. When we dip below that level, he's ordinary. And I don't think he can afford to be ordinary.
1: And he certainly is one of their veteran presences, so they need that uh, for the rest of the season. Speaking of the rest of the season, here is Lindy Ruff. After the game against the Rangers, now mind you, this is Tuesday heading into the big game against Toronto on Wednesday. What's the message to your team for the rest of the year?
4: Well, really, this is our playoffs. I talked about this 20 games being our playoffs. We're going to play a lot of teams during the playoffs. We have to improve our road game, our home game. You know, the last five, six game, we we played really good hockey at home but let's treat this like our playoffs. We're playing teams that are all in the playoffs, and let's use that to evaluate where we can be, where we can be as, as, as a forward group, where we can be as a, uh, on the defensive side of the puck. Can we limit their opportunities and still score, you know, if you score four, that's a good night on any team. Well, four is a good night on any
1: team. Five is a great night. Seven is almost unheard of, and that's what they got against the Rangers. Now, that's Tuesday of this past week. Devils didn't have a lot of time to celebrate that victory. They faced Toronto on the road one night later on Wednesday, and they lose it 3-2. Now, Severson scores in the second period. So first period scoreless. Severson scores to make it 1-0 for the Devils. About seven and a half minutes later, Toronto short-handed scores to tie the game at one. Nico Hischier scores to make it 2-1, about a minute and a half after that. And then the, uh, the Maple Leafs in under a minute, Mitch Marner, his 27th of the season, tied at two. So we head into the third period, game all tied at two and two. Now remember I mentioned the one short-handed goal? Toronto gets another short-handed goal, Pierre Engvall uh, with the goal, that's the game winner, his 11th unassisted, shorthanded. So forget about the fact that the the Devils on the power play certainly um, were, were not great; they were one of four, which I guess is actually pretty decent. But Toronto on the power play was 0 of three, but scored not one but two goals shorthanded, and that's the way the Devils lost this one. So they certainly competed, but they couldn't get over the hump because rarely can you, if ever, when you allow two shorthanded goals in a game. Here is Lindy Ruff. After that one, how much, and I'm sure it's a lot, did the shorthanded goals in this game hurt?
4: Well it was a game. Uh, our five and five play I thought we had them frustrated and uh, we limited their top guys, but the couple plays we made five on four absolutely killed us.
1: Could you imagine that? If you go into this game and you tell Lindy Ruff, all right, even strength Toronto, and combine that with their power play, they will score one goal. He would sign for that every single day of the week. That a combination of even strength and with a man advantage, you'd have one goal and you lose the game three to two. That is grotesque. Here is Lindy Ruff discussing that special teams really was the downfall for his club in this one.
4: Like I said, we played really well five and five. We defended well. We knew we were coming off back to back. We wanted to play the game the right way. We wanted to limit the the opportunities by the top players. And I thought we had Matthews at bay five on five. Uh, tried to keep him frustrated. We have a chance. I mean, we, we've we've played this song before. This team. I thought we were through this with with special teams. We took a step back we've been down the path of giving up shorthanded goals. At bad times and not taking advantage of a power play to win game. We've had games where our power play has won us games. We had a real good run. And now to have a night like tonight is just a painful reminder that if you don't pay attention to every detail, uh, you can call it stupid, careless, irresponsible, call it whatever you want. But if you're going to win a hockey game and you have a four minute power play to take advantage of that, we didn't get it done.
1: And you can hear just the disdain in the voice of Lindy Ruff, and that's got to keep him up at night. I mean, your team plays really well five on five, which you said you score a power play goal. They don't score on the man advantage and you allow two shorthanded goals. Well, that is oof, that is really, really rough. All right. All that being said, we still will, will provide something for you here as far as the Devils fan is concerned. Giveaway time. Giveaway time. We have Jack Hughes bobblehead to give away. It's an easy to enter, right? Just text GOAL, G-O-A-L, to 44202. Again, that's GOAL to 44202. We will select a winner at random and send them the bobblehead. That's beautiful stuff. And it's all from your home for the hookup, your good friends, right here at 98.7 ESPN. So we've looked back. Right. We've looked back a long time ago with Bobby Nystrom. We've looked back to this week with the Rangers and the Devils. We've looked back to trade deadline with the Rangers for Monday of this past week and what they have coming up, uh, of course, in the next week or so. But now we'll look at what all these clubs have coming up on the ice locally. The Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils. And it is a very – I mean, the Island, I don't think you ever see five games in a week. That's what the Islanders have this date in hockey And maybe we're going to steal something from what we do on Friday mornings on DiPietro and Rothenberg. All that next, right here on The Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's
0: get a little extra money in your pocket.
5: Andy from Merrick presents Wager plays for the weekend of March 26th and 27th. Later today, the Islanders travel to Boston for a 12:30 matchup with the Bruins. Go heavy on the under for this afternoon tilt. Sunday, the Rangers host the struggling Buffalo team at MSG. The Blue shirt should have no problems knocking off the Sabres. And finally, the New Jersey Devils host the Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. Two struggling franchises point to a high scoring affair. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877 8 OPENY or text H O P E N Y.
0: Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And The Hockey Show rolls along on this Saturday morning, brought to you by Slowmans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So, if you're not familiar, and I can't imagine you're not, but if you're somehow not familiar, there's a segment at 6:45 on uh, Friday mornings on D.P.H. and Rothenberg called the Morning Roast, where you basically just you, you hop on whatever it is that just has you hot and really annoyed, and you you roast away. And my producer today, Anthony Pusick, I mean he he says, Dave, I know it's Saturday, I need to involve myself in the Morning Roast. It is morning, it is me. Anthony, I will allow you to have a moment and roast.
7: Well, I appreciate that, Dave. I'm actually kind of surprised Rick didn't go this direction on Friday morning. Um, have you seen what's going on with the Evgeny Dadonov situation? Oh, the trade that never was. The trade that never yes. was, which makes no sense on so many levels. So the roast is for not only the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Ottawa Senators. So for the people that don't know, Evgeny Dadonov was traded by the Vegas Golden Knights to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, at the deadline. And that was one of the few trades that the NHL needed to go through. They had to go through the phone call and make sure that everything was okay with it. And it was the one that that, you saw Tyler Mott didn't get official till five o'clock, six o'clock that day. It, It seemed like there was something wrong with a couple of trades. And one of them was the Evgeny Dadinov deal. Now, the Golden Knights are in a very bad cap situation. They have a lot of guys on LTIR uh, like Tampa did last year with Kucherov and Stamkos, where they can kind of circumvent the cap by keeping a couple of high salary cap guys on the roster until they guys like Pacioretty come back, William Carlson, guys that aren't healthy right now. They needed to get Dadinov's contract off their books so that when those guys come back, they're within the rights to stay under the cap so that they can continue playing. Um, just one problem, Dave. Yes. Uh, well, Evgeny, what's the problem, Anthony? The, Evgeny Dadonov had a no-trade clause to the Ducks. <laughs> so, obviously, the NHLPA stepped in and said, this this trade's going to be void, and the NHL agreed. Now, how could this happen, you might ask? Well, Anthony, yes? how could this happen? Well, uh, Dadonov had a limited no-trade clause when he signed his contract in October 2020 with the Ottawa Senators. When the Senators traded Dadonov to the Golden Knights in July of 2021, they didn't disclose <laughs> That no trade clause in the limited number of teams. And of course, as luck would have it, one of the 10 teams that was on that no trade clause was the Ducks. So for me, not only am I roasting Vegas, I'm roasting the Senators. I'm roasting the Senators for not disclosing the NTC to the Golden Knights. And then I'm roasting the Golden Knights for not doing their due diligence, not only with Dadinov, with his agent, with anybody and saying, hey, I know we just acquired this guy. Is there anything in his contract that we have to know? Apparently, they didn't view that as necessary, but on Monday, they learned the hard way, and now I think they're in a lot of trouble when it comes to the cap. So my oh. roast is on Vegas, on Ottawa. I'm not going to roast the NHL yet, but uh, Vegas and Ottawa, uh, that's my roast today. What a, what a roast. I mean,
1: that's a, not, not only did it take about 12 minutes, which is good by you, but what a— what a phenomenal roast by our producer here on the Hockey Show, Anthony Puzik. So with that, let's take a look at this day in hockey history, March 26, 1992. Rangers clinched their first regular season NHL championship in 50 years without lifting a finger. Rangers are assured of finishing on top for the first time since 1941, 1942, when the Pittsburgh Penguins defeat the Vancouver Canucks seven three at the Civic Center. Vancouver's loss assures that the Rangers will finish with more points than the Canucks, who have the NHL's second best record. So there you have it, Rangers, um, with the most points in hockey, but did not go on to win the Stanley Cup. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All American Auto Group, with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. The number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast, All American Ford dot. Net well for the Rangers busy week Islanders busier Devils not as uh, tomorrow 4:30 Rangers at Buffalo against the Sabers on 10:50 a.m. Then Tuesday 6:30 uh, a rematch of what we saw last night Rangers in Pittsburgh different venue taking on the Penguins on 98.70 ESPN on Wednesday seven o'clock at Detroit on 10:50 a.m. and then Friday the Islanders come to town again. Uh, and the Rangers take them on 98.7 ESPN six thirty pregame Islanders today Bruins noon ninety eight seven ESPN tomorrow one thirty Lightning boy that's a tough back to back on ninety eight seven the stream Tuesday six thirty at the Blue Jackets on ten fifty a.m. Thursday six thirty again against the Blue Jackets this time at UBS on ninety eight seven and Friday at the Rangers and we establish that game. Can be heard on 98.7 for the Rangers and 10.50 for the Islanders. And lastly, the Devils. Today, 7 o'clock at the Capitals. So, you know, Rangers fans will be rooting for the Devils. Tomorrow, at home against the Canadians. And Thursday, up in Boston against the Bruins. So, I feel like we've tackled everything that we possibly could. We laughed, we cried. I think today might have, in fact, been better than Cats. For Anthony Pusick For Andy from Merrick, our executive producer, and of course, the great Ray Deanahan as well. Joe Wiz is next. I'm back with you at 9 o'clock this morning, right here on
0: 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.